Welcome to another episode of the Black Perspective Podcast. This is episode 13, and we're going to start the episode today, or whenever you listen to this, a different way. We're going to start it with a little poetry. Um, It's being read by Khaled Muhammad, you know, one of my heroes, one of the realest men to ever walk this earth, you know, for black people. Um, from Houston, Texas. He's from the Fifth Ward area. He's a legend, you know, internationally known and locally respected. And uh, I'm your host, Shaka the God, and uh, this is truly inspirational, inspirational poetry. The poem is called, it's by Brother Taim, it's by, the poem is by Taimbe Jess. And the poem is, when niggas love revolution like they love the bulls. When niggas love revolution Like they love the bulls, youth will wear red, black, and green patches over the emblems on their starter jackets. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, brothers will gather regularly at barbershops and corner stops to discuss George Jackson and to discuss discuss the handbook of revolutionary warfare and people's war before they go home to take care of their children each night. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, playground basketball courts will become paramilitary training grounds where we learn to shoot guns at the enemy and not baskets for bets. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, We will spend hours and hours watching our children grow into soldiers and not basketball players. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, we will know CIA stats, FBI stats, infant mortality stats, police brutality stats, political prisoners and prisoners of war, and literacy training techniques like we know Paxson's shoe size, or uh, Shaq's shoe size, or the way we know Rodman or Pippen's rebounds, or Grant's salary, and all the intimate details of Michael's last gambling spree. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, you will be able to ask any youth on the street, who is Sundiata Okoli? Who is Asada Shakur? Who is Sekou Odinga? Who is Rochelle McGee and Jonathan Jackson? You will be able to ask, who is Matula Shakur? Who is Queen Mother Moore? And they will be able to tell you without skipping a beat. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, you will go on to ask them about Michael Jordan and they will say, who? When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, masses of us will go down to tear up a Carolina coroner and his office to find out what really happened to James Jordan instead of waiting on the word of newspapers and sheriff's offices. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, we will show up in Washington, D.C. with the Million Man March with our God and with our guns. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, they will start to seriously wonder why one Negro putting a brown ball through a white net makes more money in one season than they will make in an entire lifetime and do something about it. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, 
you will see Phil Jackson running up and down an empty court minutes before game time screaming, where are my niggas? Where are my niggas? Where are my niggas? As the niggas leave the stadium to go build liberation schools in their community. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, all niggas will refuse to shoot ball with the president with or without their dashikis on. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, will become associated with the sound that CIA agents, snitches, rats, and agent provocateurs who join our organizations and work against the legitimate aspirations of our people who yearn to breathe free, drug dealers and others will make when they are thrown gracefully face first into open manholes. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, Nike will no longer be able to sell $160 basketball shoes in the black community because we would rather spend the money on liberation and revolution. Thank you. When niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, they would love it, they will love it more than chitlins, more than all my children, more than Jerry Carroll's more than permanence, more than Cadillacs and Mercedes-Benz and Rolls-Royces and BMWs cause when niggas love revolution like they love the bulls, when niggas love their family like they love the bulls, when niggas love their children like they love the bulls, when niggas love to be free like they love the bulls, when niggas love struggle like they love the bulls, when niggas love dignity like they love the bulls, when niggas love niggas like they love the bulls, we would become black people and all the bull shit will hit the fan. So the next thing we're going to talk about is there's a town in Illinois and they have best said fuck the Constitution and Second Amendment rights. We banning certain types of weapons for the public. But if you're a retired police officer and a retired, you know, law enforcement person, it don't it don't apply to you. You know what I'm saying? You can have assault rifles or what they deem as assault rifles and other things like that. So listen to this clip. Go and it was unanimous. The village opting for a ban on specific types of firearms. And essentially what that means is a complete ban on semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns containing certain features and magazines containing more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Law enforcement and retired law enforcement are exempt by the adjustments to local law. The debate before the vote at times heated and passionate. There's going to be lots of talk about Second Amendment rights, but I'd be hard-pressed to find any right that is completely unrestricted. We have police. Yeah, they got them in Florida, too. Imagine how those teachers and those kids folks, they look out that window at that cop hiding behind that tree. I bet they wish they had a gun versus a phone in their hand. The law is is very similar to the one that is currently in place in Highland Park. The ban goes into effect. So as you can hear from that clip, in Deerfield, Illinois, they are now banning assault-style rifles, large magazines. And I just read recently today that the Second Amendment doesn't cover assault rifles. 
So my next question to you is, what's to stop them from doing this ban nationwide? You know, if the government becomes tyrannical and they ban all the assault rifles, then I guess the civilians ain't gonna have nothing but handguns. And we know handguns don't go very far unless you in Chirac with a 30 clip or, you know, one of them clips with the Tommy gun um, case on it, you know, shot, you know, um, I guess the little barrel or whatever. What's the chances of a regular civilian having that? Um, I think it's all a game. I think all these mass shootings that's been happening over the last few years have all been orchestrated by the government in some way, form, or fashion. You know, you got a lot of stuff out there like MK Mind Control. You know, of course, a lot of people don't believe in that. But uh, the way technology and the way we have advanced as, you know, human history, I wouldn't put it past, you know, us being able to uh, mind control somebody to do some things, whether it be through hypnosis or just, you know, certain triggers or whatever. But uh, it's going to get a lot worse before it get better. It's going to get a lot worse, especially for us blacks, because we at the bottom. We at the bottom of everything in the social order, you know. So I just want all my people to know what's going on and keep an eye out, you know, while you partying, while you, you know, I guess taking a break or getting your release from this hard life. Always keep your ears to the street, man, because there's a lot going on out here. And we the main ones that's not paying attention. We the main ones, this stuff that's going on is going to affect, you know. I done said on many podcasts that if you're young and you're black and you ain't got no criminal record, you should be licensed to carry some kind of firearm. You should be in a regular practice with it. And uh, you just need to be learning survival skills overall at this point because it's paramount you know they're trying to wipe us out the system is set up to wipe us out whether it be through murder jail um chemical warfare biological warfare i mean this ain't nothing new they've been trying to figure out dna codes out they've been trying to do everything to break us down because they're inferior and they're in fear but uh we just got to keep pushing keep learning and keep persevering and it's time for us to be more prepared for the evils of this white supremacy system and these white people. You got to understand it's more of us than it is of them. And they grasping for straws, trying to hold on to their power at this point in human history. They're on their way out. Things are going to go back into the correct balance sooner or later. But uh, it's a shock of the guard, and we'll be back. So we back to the Black Perspective Podcast, episode 13. Now we're going to get into the government or FBI shutdown of Backpage.com. Listen to this clip. Federal agencies shutting down the classified ad website Backpage.com. Authorities blocking access to the website, posting this announcement instead. Backpage has been under fire for years for allowing adult ads for sex workers and for allegedly enabling the sexual exploitation of minors. So my view on government shutdown of Backpage.com, you know, I think it's great. I think it's just one more thing that has been uh, neutralized, you know, that's been in our community, you know, whether they um, exploiting young teenage girls or just, you know, messing up happy homes and all that. I mean, Backpage was crazy. You know, you see all kind of crazy things on them, you know, if you ain't never checked it out, man. It's just anything you can think of is on that motherfucker. But salute to the government for shutting down Backpage, you know, a sexual worker's paradise is what they used to call it. And it's all good, you know, us here at the Black Perspective Podcast, we salute that. We can say that's a good thing that that has happened. Um, 
But on the other hand, with the elimination of that, you know, of Backpage, that means the sex workers or the sexual trafficking goes back underground. So it's going to be hard to keep track of and uh, hard to spot, if you know what I mean. At least with Backpage, you know, they could keep tabs on what's going on. But by them shutting it down, it just drives the, the industry back underground. You know what I mean? Back to the, um, I guess pimp level or street level or whatever you want to call it but uh you know it is what it is you know they say sex is the oldest profession in the world so i think that ranks to be true that you know it's gonna always be here no matter what you do no matter what you shut down um you know sex is always gonna sell and this is shock of the guard and we'll be back with the next topic okay we back so now we're gonna get into the recent stabbings in london right now Listen to this clip. Michael Jonas's teenage son was stabbed to death last night. His family are the latest to find themselves in the depths of London's knife crime epidemic. This is something been escalating. I didn't know I was next in line. Because if I if I'd seen this coming, I could have prepared for it. I was at home feeding one set of kids while one set of kid is dying. And that hurt me so much. So what black people gonna do about this? That's the question I'm gonna ask. What black people gonna do about this? What black parents gonna do about this? Michael Jr. died in the park where he used to play as a child. Today, no football games, just police officers searching for evidence. He's the second teenager knifed to death in the capital this week. No one's understanding that they're taking people's children away from their parents. No one's understanding that. No one's understanding that. Why? I don't know. That's my brother gone. That's my brother and I'm not going to be able to chat to you again. Michael Senior, a bus driver from Brixton, says his pain is even worse when he thinks of his son's last moments. <laughs> Michael said, Daddy, did he cry? Because don't care how tough these teenagers go on, you know. When certain things reaching these people, you know, they cry out, you know, I know that. Did Michael say, Daddy? Michael Jonas is the 16th teenager to be stabbed to death in London this year. But it's not just knife crime on the rise. Five other teenagers have been shot dead, and violent crime in general is increasing. For some teenagers, carrying a knife is as normal as carrying a mobile phone. The Metropolitan Police say they're committed to taking weapons off the streets, but youth workers on the front line say they face a massive struggle. It is the worst that we are currently seeing, seeing it. Perpetrators are becoming younger and younger. Victims are becoming younger and younger, and that says a lot about society. 21 teenagers shot or stabbed to death in the capital this year victims of violence which for now shows no sign of abating and behind every face a family left behind nick beak bbc london news so as you can see from hearing that clip in london them young teenage boys they ain't packing no guns i mean some of them are but mostly the weapon of choice is a knife 
you know, I'm guessing because it's easily accessible. You can poke a nigga ass and you can die in seven minutes after you poke him. You know what I mean? After you poke whoever you poke, you can die up until, you know, as fast as seven minutes later. And uh, it's just a real savage and sad situation going on. You know, most of these crimes are happening in black areas. So the white people are not too concerned. They don't really have a lot of police presence, you know, during the time this stuff is happening. This is happening like, you know, right after school is out. You know what I mean? And they got a bad gang problem. If you want to learn more about the situation, you know, they got a, a documentary on YouTube called, you know, London's uh, Knife Crime. Knife Crime in the UK or something like that. It's real dope, man. You know, like I say, in London, they ain't really fucking with pistols like that. They'll just jug your motherfucking ass with that knife, though. You know what I'm saying? Kitchen knife, Rambo knife, pocket knife. Shit, they don't even give a fuck. Meat cleaver. Shit, they with it. You know what I'm saying? Stab your ass up. Poke your ass up. You know what I mean? But this is shock of the guard. You know, we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters in London. And this is going to wrap it up from the Black Perspective, episode 13. You know, like I say, it's real deep out there in the streets in London, man. Them boys with it. You know what I'm saying? They with it. And it's just a sad situation because we losing young black soldiers in our army. And we need all the men and women we can get around the world to get free of this white supremacy. I am Shock of the Guard, your host. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>